Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Just look with me at 2 Kings. I just want to read this short passage. It'll come up on the screen, 2 Kings 13, verse 14. It says, Elisha had become sick with the illness of which he would die. And Joash, the king of Israel, came down to him and wept over his face and said, My father, oh, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and their horsemen. And Elisha said to him, Take a bow and some arrows. So he took himself a bow and some arrows, then said to the king of Israel, Put your hand on the bow. So he put his hand on the bow and Elisha put his hands on the king's hands. And he said, open the east window and he opened it. Then Elisha said, shoot and he shot. And he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of the deliverance from Syria for you must strike the Syrians at Aphek till you have destroyed them. And, and it goes on and he's told to strike the ground and and he strikes the ground. And but the, 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 what I want to share just real quickly around this thought of this story, and it's often preached about this story in regard to, and there's a there's a great principle in here in regard to um, the importance of of or, or the combination of the the why the, the wisdom of the, the the older coming and partnering with the passion of the younger, and the older putting the hands on the young, and that's a powerful principle. But what I really felt like God speak to me about in this story is Elisha being the man of God, actually representing God in this story. And how what happens in the story, you have this, you have this king who, he, he actually wasn't, wasn't a godly king. If you, if you read, he had, you know, he had messed up and, and, and had some issues. And, but when he comes to Elisha, and at the start, what it does is it, it it's, it shows here, it demonstrates, even though he's away from God, when he comes to Elisha and sees Elisha sick, it says he falls down over Elisha and it says he begins to weep with his face down. This ungodly king, there's this brokenness that comes upon this ungodly king. And then what happens is off that, the back of that happening and the back of his brokenness that the prophet says, I want you to go and I want you to get the bow. And I want you to get an arrow. And you have to understand in, in, in those times, this was something that they would typically do. When they were going to invade a, a, a town or invade a region, what they would do is the king would go and the king would get the bow and the arrow. And what he would do is he would fire the arrow out into the area or into the region that they were about to invade. And so it was actually a natural thing. It was a normal thing. It was a practical thing that he was actually doing in as the king getting this arrow and firing this arrow out. But what the prophet does is the prophet says, when you get that arrow and he gets the arrow and he pulls it back, then the prophet comes along who represents God. A prophet always represented the voice of God. He comes along and he gets his hands and he puts his hands over the king's hands. And I felt like God speak this to us for our church for 2016. That as we go out and as we do what we would normally do in the natural, that God would put his hands upon our hands. That God would anoint us to do what we do in the natural. 
And I felt like God speak to me about different people. I felt, and I felt it in the first service for, for single parent homes, for the single mum that's trying to raise the kids and the single dad that's trying to raise your kids. I felt like God speak to me specifically for you to say, don't worry or don't be fearful because God's hands are gonna come upon you this year in 2016. And for the businessman, and, and, and for the businesswoman that you can just be going into a meeting, doing what you normally do, just doing what you did in 2015, doing what you did in 2014. But I wanna encourage you for this year, for 2016, that God is gonna come and God's gonna put His hands upon you and upon every single thing that you're doing. But in this story, I love that it begins in this story. And I actually love the fact I looked at this story and I thought, sometimes we look at this and I thought it would be cool if he was a super godly man. You know, it would be, you know, as a preacher, you look at this and think, oh, I'd love it. It would just work well if he was this godly king coming because then you could preach about integrity and you could preach about living for God. And if you do that, God will get a hold of you and do something great with you. You know, sometimes you feel like your message is better than the Bible, you know, like sometimes we, you know, we sort of act like God needs our help sometimes. But then God just said, no, read it again. And then as I read it again, it said he, he was an ungodly king. But this is where it hit me afresh. It's something different. I saw something totally different. He was messed up. He was screwing up. He was making mistakes. But then when he came when he came to Elisha and it said, he saw, and then Joash, the king of Israel, came down to him and wept over his face. It shows a brokenness. It shows a humility. And then it began to speak to me. And I thought, you know what? If God can take a messed up, screwed up person who makes mistakes, and if we're gonna be honest, I think we're all in that basket. But what He needs from us is just a little bit of brokenness. And God says, don't let your issues and your mistakes allow you to distance yourself from me. If you come to me with a little bit of brokenness, I'll tell you what to do and then I'll put my hands upon you and I'll use you to do something great. How many are grateful that God can take someone broken? Come on, as someone messed up. But you know what we have to do is, we got to get to that place of brokenness, that place of, of complete humility. And I want to encourage you for, for 2016. When we come to God, let's, let's wake every day and let's say, God, I need Your hand on me today. You might be great at what you do. And, I, and there's, there's gifting and there's ability that God's given you and but even with all of the gifting and the ability that we have, if we can come to God with that brokenness of saying, God, even with my giftings and my abilities that You've given me, I still need Your hand upon my life. I need You to guide me today. I'm not so good at what I do 
that I don't have to get on my knees every single day and say, God, I need your touch upon me. I'm not so gifted at business that I don't have time to, to get away, away from everything in the morning and spend some time with you and say, God, with all of my gifting and all of my ability that you've given me and all of the opportunities and all of the blessings that I have, we live in a blessed, blessed country. Let's not let that blessing cause us to get so comfortable that we can't get broken before Him and say, God, I need Your hand on me today. I pray it every morning over my life. The Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. And I pray and I say, God, order my steps today. I need Your hand upon my life. I need your guidance. So as I do what I normally do, as I draw back the arrow and as I fire the arrow, God, don't let me, don't let me shoot an arrow that hasn't got your hand on it. Don't let me preach a sermon that doesn't have your hand upon it. Don't let me run a meeting where you're not the centre of that meeting. Don't let me make a phone call. Don't let me talk to someone. Don't let me send an email. Don't let me do anything that doesn't have your hand on it. God, if your hand's not on it, I don't want to be a part of it. I just want to do what you're calling me to do. I need your hand upon my life. And what God, listen, what God will do with your life this year, if you would just say, pray this over your life and say, God, it's powerful. You just, it's, so, it's such a simple concept, but just God, put your hand on me. And I've seen, listen, when I was thinking of just different times, I look back at my life and I think, man, if God's hand wasn't on me, I remember when I first started getting opportunity to in ministry to do things. And, you know, I was a young guy and I was an intern in, you know, reaching out to high schools. And some of you, you know, I've told you the story before, but, you know, as a teenager, I wasn't, you know, I did youth ministry for many, many years. And I had lots of young people in my youth ministry that were powerful teenagers living for God, you know, starting prayer groups in their schools and you know, witnessing and it was so crazy that God called me to lead those kids because I wasn't that kid in school. I was the kid making it really hard for the kid that was trying to start the prayer meeting in his school, you know. And I was constantly, you know, in and out of schools, always in trouble. I wasn't living for God. I wasn't. And then when I got saved and the first thing God positioned me in was reaching out as a church, representing the church to reach out to high schools. And I thought, isn't that crazy that God would... And I remember going into these meetings and I look back now and I think, man, I did not have a clue what I was doing. You know, I remember walking into these meetings, I'd walk in to meet with principals and school boards and and talk about how the church, you know, how we could get involved and and support the school and the doors that started to to open for us and the favour that came upon us and the programs. We started writing curriculums and anti-bullying programs. We started a program called No Bull that runs all throughout the whole nation that we started. I don't even know, but, but I look back and I say, you know what? It makes me laugh now because I think it was just that God's hand was upon us. I had no idea what I was doing. It's the greatest thing that we can do is recognise sometimes, you know what? I don't have a clue what I'm doing. 
But I thank God that I serve a God who knows exactly what He's doing, who guides and orders my every step and His hands upon my life and He's going to direct me. His hand's going to come upon you to lead your family, husbands, fathers. We don't know what we're doing. I mean, my wife can attest to that. We've been married a year and a half. But I, I need God's hand on me. To, to raise your kids right, that single mum and that single dad and it's hard. And yes, they need a mother. Yes, they need a father. But you know what? That's what God, that's where you're at right now. That's what you have right now. Take what you have and draw it back. Position it right and just say, God, put your hand on this. I know I'm a single parent, but when God's hand can get upon it, He can do something great with it. Just put your hand on it. In business, I believe it and I pray it and we do it. We had an awesome, you know, Yanni did a phenomenal job and Alex and the team led that business prayer meeting on Thursday morning. How many were at that? There must have been 80, 100 people at that praying, business people. I want to encourage you to come out to that God's moving. But I'm going to tell you right now, some of you in business, you're going to be in situations in 2016 and I'm praying for it that freak you out. I'm praying for it. You're going to walk into meetings and you're going to walk into that room and think, what in the heck am I doing here? But you know what? That's a good thing. You just got to say, God, just put your hand on me. Give me the words to speak. Show me what to say. Guide me. And I want to tell you, God will do something so powerful if you would just come to Him with an open heart and say, God, put your hand on me. And it said that when He put His hands, He said, He said, face towards the east out the window. Face towards where the battle is. I love it because He's saying, what it is, is it's face the enemy. Face the enemy. I think that's a powerful thing right there. That speaks to me of some strength. That speaks to me of someone who's not intimidated. That speaks to me of someone who's got some faith. When you face the enemy, you face what the enemy's bringing at you. Don't be intimidated by what the enemy's trying to bring across your path. Face the enemy. Turn and face the enemy. The Bible says we battle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Sometimes we need to remember that when it comes to our marriages and it comes to families. Face the enemy. The enemy's not each other. The enemy's not your kids. The enemy's not your spouse. You need to face the enemy. What is it, is, what is it that's really going on? Face that, that spirit of disunity that's trying to come in your home. Face the enemy. And he pulled it back and he shot it out. And when we, when we, when we pray and we're about to do it, and we're gonna, for those of you who don't know, we're going to invite, in a moment, I'm going to invite our, our team and their spouses and some of the um, altar team captains and that to come as well. And we're going to pray. And, and I felt like God speak to me about or remind me of, of where He talks about the power of this power in agreement. And He says, where two or more agree, that's what we're doing. When we come through and we pray and we do it real quickly, 
but every single person, we were doing it in the 9am, it's so powerful. We put our hand, we put our hand on you, we put our hand on, pray for your children. You know, I, I, I love Pastor Shelley and our Kid Pack team, and they're going to be in kids doing the same thing with the little kids. They do the exact same thing. Pray for those little kids. And we're going to come through here. And when we pray, what we're doing is, it's not just about, yeah, we anoint that person. No, no, no. I come into, every time we pray, I come into agreement. I come into agreement. So every single thing you're believing for and everything that you're praying for, when we lay hands on you, I come into agreement. And then it's an agreement that takes place in the Spirit. And also what we're praying is it's, it's, it's symbolic today as we put our hands and you're praying, God, let your hand be upon them. God, let your hand be upon them this year in 2016. Let your hand be upon their family. Let your hand be upon their business. I'm praying as well. God spoke to me about praying, you know, the faith of the centurion when the centurion came to Jesus and he said, my servant is sick. And Jesus said to him, all right, I'll come. And then the centurion said, no, no, you don't have to come. I know the authority and I know, understand authority. He says, if you pray, I know that he'll, he'll be healed. Even though he's not here, even though he's not here right now. And I felt like God speaks to me about ones you're praying for that are not here today. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to come into agreement this morning that even though they may not be here, you couldn't get them to church today. Don't be discouraged. Because the Word of God is not limited to the four walls of this church in this property. What we're going to do is we're going to come into agreement and we're going to send the Word of salvation out. We're going to send the Word of healing out. And we're going to believe that God, the power of God would touch people where they are right now, even though they're not here this morning. And we're going to pray and we're going to believe for that. And I'm speaking it out. I'm speaking out salvations. I've seen, I've experienced the power of it. I've experienced it in my own life when, when, God, when God will show up, God, the, the power of God and the touch of God will show up in any environment. You don't have to be in the church for God to hit you. I've been there before in a messed up state, in a screwed up state, in the middle of issues, in the middle of problems, in the middle of addiction, in the middle of all of it. And God, He will invade, the Holy Spirit will invade any environment. He's not intimidated by your sin. He's not intimidated by a, by an addiction. He's not intimidated by a, a club or a party or a wrong relationship or issues. If you've got a heart to cry out and a heart to believe and the faith to believe, and I'm praying for some of you that have got backslidden children. Let's pray that the Holy Ghost would invade their world where they are. I'm, I'm telling you, it's powerful. It's powerful. I remember I said, I remember I said this to my mum. And she was praying, she was saying, well, you know, why don't you, you need to pray, you need to talk to God. And I said, well, when God shows Himself to me, I've heard you talk about it and I've heard preachers. I remember where I was. I was standing in the bathroom of their house. And I said to her, when God shows Himself to me, then I'll believe Him. And then the, the, the argument that we we're having stopped right there. If you know my mum, that's probably the worst thing I could have said to my mum. Because she got the Holy, the Holy Spirit spoke to her the moment I said that. 
And the Holy Spirit said, that's good. Now you know what to pray for. And she walked away and she said, Lord, reveal yourself to him. And you know what? That's exactly what he did. And I remember being in that room and I, I remember just being in, a, in a, a horrible place. Horrible, horrible place. And I remember, I remember saying out of my mouth, God, if you're real, if you are for real, as Pastor Javon would say, for real, real. I said, if this thing is legit, if this thing is, if this thing is not just a service and not just something people get, if, this, if you are for real, and I was so serious with God, I said, I need you here right now. And I want to tell you before I could finish that sentence, the power of God just invaded that room. And I had an encounter with the living God. I didn't encounter religion. I didn't encounter condemnation. I encountered waves and floods of the love of God all over me. So much so that it was His kindness and His goodness that brought me to a place of repentance. And that's what I'm praying for and believing for, for your, your teenagers that are away from God and your sons and daughters that are away from God. And as we come through and as you walk through this this little prayer tunnel that we're going to do and we lay hands on you. That's the sort of stuff I'm coming into agreement with that the Holy Spirit would invade family members and invade lives and show up in their life where they are. You believe God can do that? He's a real God. He's a true God. He's not a religious God. And He wants us to be close. He wants us to be close. And this is what we're going to do when we pray. We're going to anoint with oil. There's nothing special about the oil. It's symbolic. That's what it is. It represents. The Bible says the, oil, the anointing oil it breaks the yoke. It, talks about the, it represents the anointing, represents the Holy Spirit. I was telling them in the first service, I was on a youth camp once and I was praying for young people. And the guy that was travelling with me, was he'd not been saved that long. He was like an intern and... And I felt like God tell me you need to get pray 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 get some anointing oil. So I said to him, bro, I need you to get me some oil. And he says, where did I get it from? I said, I don't know. <laughs> Just find some somewhere. So he disappears. He comes back about 20 minutes later with this coffee cup. And I looked in it. I said, what is that? And he said, I couldn't find any oil, but I found some margarine in the fridge. <laughs> so I put the margarine in a cup and I put it in the microwave for 30 seconds. Can you use this? I said, bro, we're not cooking breakfast. Huh? Oh, butter. You couldn't eat margarine, butter, same thing. Do you know what butter is? Butter, butter, is that better? Butter. Butter. Why do I laugh so much when I say that? I'm, I'm anointing people with butter, melted butter out of a coffee, coffee cup. Kids are like, what's that? Someone cooking food? doesn't matter. It doesn't. I said, God will, God will put His hands on anything. He just needs someone just to be available. It's not the oil. We don't worship the oil. We don't worship the person putting the oil on us. We worship Him. And we're just going to pray and say, God, just, just get on me. 
get out my life. Get out my marriage this year. Get out my business. Get out my work. God, just touch it. May not be the best. Maybe you've got to bring some broken things to Him. God, I know this marriage is not perfect. But will you put your hands on this marriage this year? I know the business is in a bad place, but God, put your hands on it this year. God, I know the kids are messing up. I know it's not perfect, but God, will you just put your hands on it this year? Will you touch it this year? And I want to tell you, when God's hand gets upon it, He'll do something great. He'll do something powerful. I want us all right across this room to stand to our feet. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you are blessed.